quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. This episode is sponsored by Byheart. Byheart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their formula includes the most abundant protein, alpha-lac, found in breast milk, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. Byheart is an easy-to-digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. Byheart is the only U.S.-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast. Use code PEACE for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. When our kids are born, we have expectations as to how our family will interact. What we certainly aren't ready for are the struggles we encounter with the people we love the most. We are here for the parent who feels like they've tried it all, for the parent who feels like they have to yell to be heard, for the parent who is tired of timeouts and kids fighting all day. We are here for you. We believe when parents feel supported and heard, they are able to come to parenting more centered. We offer tools to navigate the messiness of life with kids. We are Peace in Parenting. We're back for another episode of the Peace in Parenting podcast. I'm Gemma and I'm here with Michelle. Hello, Gemma. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. I know. Doing well. How are you? I'm well. What's going well? I am reading the book. It's really popular right now. It's called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. It is so good. It's like changing my life. I can't wait to get back to it every time I put it down. I have to get it. I've heard all about it. You can just sign into my Kindle. It's so good. Oh, yay. Thank you. This made my whole day. Thank you. (laughs) It's so good. You'll love it. Okay, good. What's going well for you? You know, um, we all are getting along so well over here. Good. Uh, Connection is like making us like we're happy. We're bored, but we're happy. (laughs) I'm, I'm happy for that. And I've been really diligent about my special time. And I think it's been really helping every single day, special time with the girls, even multiple ones, just because we're here so much and uh, it's been paying off. Good. Oh, that's yeah. so good. Glad. It'll be a long summer. We have lots of time. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some summer camps will open or something. It's going to be mommy summer camp. A very extended summer. Yeah. We are talking about times when our kids say things that are unkind, especially when it's personally directed at us. And what do we do with that? Mm -hmm. We had a question on the Facebook group and I was reading it and just thinking, oh my goodness, this is my whole life. I get stuff thrown at me all the time that it makes me want to crawl in a corner and cry, but yeah. Yes. So in particular, what did that question say that the child was um, saying to the parent? He's a little boy. He has a new sibling. And he was saying when he gets upset, he says, I don't love you. I want you to leave. I want you to be sad. And the mom responds, I'm sad to hear that, but I'll always love you. And she says it's not working. And she has a hard time doing special time and, you know, just all the stuff that's. Yeah. Associated with that. Well, I think what happens is we're really 
it's hurtful to hear the your precious babies who you are spending so much time and energy taking care of say things like, I don't love you and I want you to be sad. Mm -hmm. In our mind, it's mean, right? And then we immediately go to a place where, oh, I have an unkind child. I'm doing something wrong because they're acting and saying these things and they're acting this way. And so then I think we blame ourselves and say, oh, I've done something wrong. I'm not parenting correctly. Like this woman says, there's no nothing's working. I keep saying I, I understand, but it doesn't work. And so we get, we feel defeated. And I think that's a natural feeling and it makes complete sense if you're an adult. The problem is they're children and their prefrontal cortex is not fully developed. So they don't know how to reason or think well. And when they're disconnected, like they have a new sibling or they're in quarantine or they're just overall having a hard time, they think of the worst possible things that they can say. And often those worst possible things are, I hate you, I don't love you, and I want you to be sad. And I don't think that they hold the meaning we believe that they hold. I agree because I don't think that we say that. I like I don't think that's modeled. I truly think it comes from their own. Like they're just like, what can I say that that would get her riled up? Or, you know, like they're just thinking of something. Cause I've never looked at Jonah and been like, I want a new son, but he tells me he's a new mommy. So like, where did well, he I, that? I think if we can reframe it and kind of flip our thinking and say, this is a communication. This is our child telling us how they feel inside. Not necessarily how they feel inside about us, but how they feel inside in general. And if we can depersonalize it, which is really hard because of course, we think of course they're directing at us, it's about us, but we're intellectual adults that can rationalize. These children cannot. They don't know what else to say. They can't say, you know, mom, I'm really feeling displaced because my brother's here now and I'm having a hard time adjusting to you paying attention to him. So I'm feeling neglected. No, it's not going to come out like that. It's going to come out like, I hate you, mommy. Mm -hmm. How many times have we said things that we don't mean or that we, you know, just expresses how we're feeling at the moment that we're really upset and we'll be like, God, you're so annoying. You don't really mean, God, you're so annoying. I've even said things to my kids where I've totally regretted it, where it isn't exactly expressing exactly how I feel, but it's just whatever's come off, you know, I'm disconnected. My prefrontal cortex isn't engaged. I have no reasoning and thinking skills. And so I say things that are not necessarily what I mean. Well, children are coming at a bigger deficit even because they can't even possibly understand what's going on in their emotional world. Mm -hmm. So if we can just reframe it, if we can say, this child's hurting, he's having a hard time. We can say, oh, honey, I'm so sorry. I'm right here. I know you want a new mommy. I understand you want a new mommy. I get that. I'm right here. I love you. And not take it personally and just stay there as long as we need to stay and have it happen as many times as it needs to happen so that child can get through those feelings. And it might need to happen 10 or 15 or 20 times. I think sometimes it's just like a cry for attention also. So Caleb is more my player. So with him, when he says stuff like that, I'm like, oh, do you want a mommy with purple hair? Oh, is your mommy going to have a ward on her? Like, you know, we play it out and then that's how he processes. Jonah is like, he needs to scream every horrible thing he could ever think of to me. And I just take it and I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, bud. Like, I don't take any of it 
personally, like it doesn't even hurt me anymore. Cause I'm just like, I know you're just upset and I'm right here. It's okay. That, if I think you're exactly right. Well, the first of all, the play stuff is amazing. If you can play through it, good for you. Like that is an incredible tool to have in your toolbox is to be able to play through that. And if your kid responds, amazing. The other thing is if we don't take it personally, like you said, it doesn't bother us, then it's a non-issue. Right. You know, if we can get to that like intellectual level of it, if we can like get that high in our thinking and not stoop down to where they are, if we can really rise above it and say, oh, this means nothing. This is ridiculous. Of course they love their mom. I'm not going to let them tell me they don't love me and actually believe it. We can get there. Then it just dissipates. Then it doesn't even, it's not, it doesn't bother you. But getting there is hard, is really hard. It is hard. Dan and I struggle because I don't know how to help because he's not there. And what Jonah says to him, he, I see it on his face. He gets really heartbroken and I'm like, babe, he doesn't mean it. Like he's just nasty when he's nasty and like life goes on and he'll be hugging you in five seconds, you know? And Dan lives for those moments when the kids are like so affectionate towards him and the big feelings are really hard because in life, he lets everything slide off. But with our kids, he just wants to be loved so bad that it's hard for him to be like, okay, call me evil. You're invested in these people, right? You're fully invested in them, like every fiber of you. And Dan's so sweet. Like he loves those boys so much and that, but it's so hard to be that invested and then take everything personally because then you're constantly being wounded. Mm -hmm. And if you're constantly being wounded, then it's a hard, it's a hard parenting place to be. If you have a little bit of a, like an armor on almost as if those things aren't going to penetrate you, it makes it a bit easier. But it, it, like you said, and I just said, it's harder to, it's really hard to get there. It has, you have to like really train your brain to think, ah, this means nothing. Right. And I think the kids can sense it too, because Jonah continuously does it to Dan, where with me, he knows like, can't touch me. Like, I don't care. <laughs> Whatever. He's like, oh. Dan's weakness. And he's like, oh, I've got you. I'm going to say even more to you now. You know, it like eggs him on. What happens too is people will get into a tete-a-tete with their child, right? Mm-hmm. Can't say that. You don't mean that. That's unkind. And now you've pushed them further into their behavior. And now it's like you've given them the control. Because now they're in control of the situation because they're making you feel a certain way. They're leading this whole thing. And then that's an out of control place for a child to be. So they feel out of control and you're out of control. And then it escalates into a place that's not manageable for anybody. So staying calm and neutral is the only way to diffuse it. Even in our household, certain people say like, well, we don't say that. We don't say that in this house. And I'm like, we don't? Because some people do when they're upset. I think it's okay that we talk, you know, like we just talk here. There's no shame in whatever needs to come out of mouths in our house. Like if you're worried about him in public saying that, I understand. Like we can address that then. But in our home, this is a safe spot to erupt. Yeah. And you can use more play too. You can be like, oh, oh, little boys who say they don't like their mommy are going to get a lot of kisses. (laughs) And I'll play to Pia. Pia, like, you're so dumb. I'm like, how dumb? Like, on a scale of one to ten, like, really (laughs) super dumb or, like, middle dumb? I know. I've been called dumb a lot, but I'm not quite sure. Could you give me a better indicator? She's like, what? And I'm like, I think you need a hug. (laughs) They get so annoyed. 
but at times it will diffuse it. Other times, and that's the thing with play too, sometimes they are too far gone and yeah. play will work. And so then you have to go, if play doesn't work, then you go straight to empathy. Because I've had a lot of times where they're, they're just like, they're not having it. They're too disconnected to even to fall for it. So then you just go to the empathy. I understand. I'm right here. Caleb had a huge outburst. He was just having one of those days where like nothing's right. The color is wrong. The Lego, you know, just like everything was wrong. And we could not get a tantrum out of him all day. And my sister and her boyfriend came over and he was just like, it was like, I was done. It was five o'clock. So I took him to his room and just let him like scream at me, yell at me, like all the things. I'm like, they probably think I'm hurting him up here. But then we came down and I shut the door, you know, so we could do it privately. We came down and Caleb looked at my sister and he goes, mommy trapped me in my room. <laughs> it was like, well, we had to do it. Like, I mean, sometimes you just need to get it out. And it's like, that's what happens is too. If you don't give the empathy or the player get to the tantrum, it just keeps stays there and it lingers and it's just unmanageable yeah and he was just being like saying stuff to everybody around him that I was like I can't let this go on like I'm just to the point where that we're done well you're so smart too Gemma you're like I'll just take it <laughs> you know I'll take you I'll go and take the abuse yeah it's right for me to get a sit down and be screamed at I don't care <laughs> I just get a sit here but it's a special place to get there it really is I remember when I got there and I was I was it became so much easier because I was so I could barely make it through tantrums before I was like gripping the carpet and sweating and you know, the feelings and the emotions just overwhelmed me as if I was having an emotional emergency. I remember those days. But then when you get through that threshold and it becomes less of attack and more just like a process, it's better, but it's hard. And I'd say there's a lot of people who aren't there and don't give up. Just keep trying and keep doing it and fake it until you make it. I did. I faked it a lot. I sat in there very quietly, but dying on the inside many, many times until it made sense to me. Right. And I think too, like for me, there are, I do have moments still, like I'm not perfectly okay with all this. There are still moments where I'm like, why am I raising such brats? Like, how dare they say that to me? I can't believe they talk to me like that. I would never say that to my parents, but I'm able to cycle through and be like, but I'm doing it differently. It's okay. Like they don't mean it. I felt that like, I look at Dan half the time and I'm like, I hate you, but I don't hate him. Like I love him. It's just, that's just where your brain goes. I don't know why. Well, I think too, is that we weren't given the space to say these things. We weren't given the space to say, I don't, I want a new mommy. Mm -hmm. We would never say that to our parents because they would get angry with us. Yeah. They would shut us down. They would tell us how terribly we were. So when we're listening to these big feelings and these upsets and the, listening to these unkind things, half of us, I think in our mind are thinking, I would never do this. No one ever did this for me. How come nobody ever did this for me? I, I want this too. Like, this isn't fair. I'm parenting all this way. Why wasn't I parented this way? Mm -hmm. And so it becomes, that gets intertwined in there too. And that's a good place to journal and, you know, kind of think about what, how your childhood's playing out in your parenting. And, you know, you can use our journaling guide. We can um, link that here, which is a good place to start unraveling some of those things. Mm -hmm. I too, sometimes when I'm sitting there and like they say stuff that's bothering me, I'll just be like, see ya, wouldn't want to be ya, or like in my head, you know, I'm just like venting my own self as I'm listening to the very event. <laughs> so we're like tantruming together, but they have no awareness because my face is just like, I'm good. Yeah. And we've said in other podcasts, and I say this to my clients all the time when we're meeting, and lots of clients will say, I just can't, it's really hard. And I'd say, find a mantra that you can say to yourself, like you just said, or, you know, this is not an emergency or 
this is okay. Feelings are okay. I can do this. Or I've said them walk away. Hey, oh, I gotta go potty. I'll be right back. And you go to the bathroom and you take a minute and then you come back or you lay on the rug and you just close your eyes for a minute and say, mommy needs two minutes. And then you come back and you listen to the feelings. You say, I'm going to be right back to listen to you. And you make sure you always return. But if you need a minute, you have the right to walk away for a minute because it's not worth getting into a confrontation about it and telling them how wrong they are and shaming them into feeling bad about their feelings. And then they just think it in their head anyway, even if they're too scared to say it out loud. And now there's a barrier between you. Yeah. And it gets stuffed. Those feelings get stuffed so they don't come out. And then those stuffed feelings wreak havoc and come out in behaviors like hitting the brother or refusing to eat or refusing to do anything you ask. So if they don't come out, they'll come out eventually, but they'll come out in ways you don't want them to. Mm-hmm. I'd almost rather them to say, I hate you, mom, yeah. than to have them be unkind to somebody else. I think it's the same thing with like siblings too. If they're saying they hate their brother, they hate their sister, they wish their sister didn't live here. If you make it a big thing and you shame them and you're like, how, how could you say that about your brother? It just makes it worse. Like, yeah, it does. I mean, I always, always try play first, like make it a silly thing. Like you hate your brother. Look at his cheeks. Like, you know, like I'll try to make him the most appetizing person in the world, but I only know this because I learned from it the first year of Jonah's life. I shamed Caleb nonstop. And I was like, Jonah's perfect. This is our perfect baby. Don't hurt the baby. You know, like, yeah, me too. I hated him more. Now Caleb loves him. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Esme came home and said, mom, I think P has to go with the neighbors. Remember, oh my god! <laughs> and then she goes, she's taken all my people, and I was like, oh my god, knife in the heart, knife in the heart, like that just hurt. And I think that's the other part of it too. If your child is being unkind to the sibling, then you have all this guilt. You brought the sibling into the world. You believed that this sibling was going to, you know, that they, they were going to have this amazing immediate relationship, and that it's your fault that everyone's having these conflicts because you've had another child. And so I think that goes along with it, like our own inner workings of how we feel about our family and our expectations and what's really going on. And I'd say if they're siblings, we've had the sibling podcast you could listen to too, but it's really hard. The adjustment is really difficult for children, and sometimes it lasts years. And it takes a lot of practice and patience to get through that transition. And the more you force them to try to be something that they're not, I think the worse it gets. Yeah. But Esme will say, people or Esme, either of them will both say, oh, Esme's being so mean. I hate her. She's the worst. And blah. And I'll just say, I I'm understand. I know it's hard to have a sibling sometimes. It's really hard to have a sister. Come here. Let me give you a hug. I get it. And a lot of us want to say, but it's your, it's your sister. You don't have to, you know, I think the other part of it is we like to reason it away and talk it away and fix it too. When a child will say something mean, like, I don't love you. Of course you love me. I'm your mommy. I've done all these nice things for you. And we try to reason it and fix it away. And then it's telling the child, you don't have a right to have your feelings. And then the child feels as if, oh, these are bad feelings. I shouldn't have them. And they get stuffed again. And then obviously they come out in other behaviors. Mm-hmm. Empathy is a difficult thing. It really is. It's hard to like really get there and have real understanding that that feeling is valid, regardless if it has to do with you or not. I was just talking about this with Caleb. I was trying to teach him what like sympathy and compassion and all this stuff is. Him and John, they're always like, well, that doesn't make sense. Explain it again. <laughs> I'm trying. They're so cute. (laughs) The best is, is when you know you're doing it is when one sibling can have that huge empathy for the other. You know, Esme will say, I'll listen to her. 
I'll listen to her feelings. When they do that, then you're like, wow, they've seen it enough that they can replicate it. Mm-hmm. I just posted that on our Instagram page about Caleb. He's five and Jonah's three. And Jonah was just like hitting him nonstop. And I was in the bathroom, so I couldn't intervene. I mean, I just had to pee. I could not hold it any longer. And then I heard Caleb go, do you think I'm a basketball hoop? Are you trying to shoot hoops in me? Is that why you're hitting me? And then he was like making a hoop with his hands. I'm like, oh my gosh, look at this little person. The play. Yeah. Good for you. That's a real testament, Gemma, to all your hard work. He's so sweet, that little boy. Yeah. Well, okay, just don't take it personally. Empathize. Walk away if you have to. That's pretty much all you can do, but it's so normal. Yeah, it's really normal. Don't think there's anything wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with your parenting. There's nothing wrong with your child. It's all very normal and it's okay. And it will be okay. Your kids will be okay too. And we'll be on Facebook if you need us. Yes, I have a new TikTok. I'm gonna be posting little tiny videos every day, little things you can do or things I've been thinking each day. And they're really tiny. They're less than a minute. So come check me out, Peace and Parenting on TikTok. Yeah, we'll link it there. It's so exciting. Okay, (laughs) thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.